0: So So there's definitely a lot to learn about the relationships in Pasha Koyrach. But we're going to, I'm gonna be mentioning something that has to do with the question, questions that we'll be addressing. And you know it's it's a little um a hoicha but we'll try to we'll try to bring it down and make it a little practical if possible. There's a cipher my Das from Rabbi Rachmiel Mepshischa. he was a son of Dida Kudesh from Shizra. And he says in the Pusik, he says something interesting. He says Pusik says, A right? Pusik Person has to know Hashem in all his ways, you know. And and you know, really, it's, it's a similar Shachnurich, not a some which says that Interestingly, it's a halukhah psikah Shachnurich actually. So he talks about that. He says that even when a person is doing mundane things, you know, Tzorche Gashmi is um, eating, sleeping, um, um, earning money, drinking, whatever it is, he should always see that there's a a higher motive, there should be something more than that. It's not just that he's uh, self-pleasuring or or um, being self-absorbed with his own interests. It has to be something about have Hashem. And then if he does it like that, automatically when it comes to serving Hashem with Torah and tviler, you know, he won't be he will be pulled down by his other interests and other involvements. You know, because like this everything he's doing is really all for Hashem. he says he's touching the pussy, koirah, when a person takes things for himself, he's taking his own hanuas and his own Tavos, and he's doing that all for himself, all his own interest, then automatically Koyrach, right? Very simple touch. Vayikach is Koyrach. Koyrach is illusion kar, illusion uh, cold and frozen, Koyrach Hanoiru, Koyrach. So Vayikach koirach. when a person takes his own interest in mind and he does things for his own purpose, his own interest, and own pleasure, then that is something that, that cools him off when it comes to serving Hashem. Now, like a lot of the, the things we see in the Surah Magdo um, definitely sounds very highly Definitely sounds something that's above our heads. Uh, at least I can talk for myself, you know, to, to tell someone that when you're eating and sleeping and whatever you're doing, should all be shemaim. I mean, it's, it's definitely not an easy thing. And like I mentioned, the fact that it says it in Urech as well, right? That shemaim. It just, you know, it, it definitely makes a person wonder sometimes. Like, you know, am I doing something wrong? Should I be doing things, uh, you know, more l'shem shemaim? Should I even try, or it's just not for me? And one of the simple mahalchem. Uh, in this area, which says in the Purim is, that obviously there's always, you know, as much as a person could think of Hashem, which is, which is always the right thing to do, whether it means thanking Hashem or asking Hashem, but so often, the fact that someone's doing something, just just knowing that I'm, I'm eating what I'm eating, which means, um, I'm not eating when you're not supposed to eat, either it's a, a time that you're not supposed to eat, uh, for example, if somebody didn't daven yet, or somebody is milking, um, between milkings and flesh, or somebody didn't make a dish, or whatever it is, the restriction of not eating because now I want to eat what I want to eat, I'm thinking of when I'm supposed to eat it, and when Hashem, what Hashem wants me to eat. For example, I'm making a bracha before I eat, I'm making a bracha after I eat. There's just so much about how a person is living a Torah life that automatically gives it an element of Shem but It gives it a, a certain guideline, just making sure that, he's, that a person is not getting pulled out of, out of place you know, if, if it's a uh, sickest and a person is eating in the sickest or it's paisach and a person is eating only with he's allowed to eat, then even though he's, he's not eating Shemayim, you know, he's definitely hungry and he's enjoying his food as well th- there's automatically a certain, a certain guideline that has to do with HaToyre and this is actually something that we see this week in the Parsha with, with koyrech, and that's what Rashi explains and, and a lot of the Slurim talk about um, Koyrech had his own ideas about when you do need and don't need a mezizah Right, like like you know, uh, a person who's not uh, who's not in Torah, a shomer to let's call it, right, a fraid, and he has all, he has his own ideas. Yehudi balev you know, I, I love Hashem. I have my own ideas about how to get close to him. I know he doesn't really care so much about different things. That's not the way it works. We're Torah to the and we look in shemurak and we see a hey, what needs a mezizah, You can have a biased mule svurim, but it needs a mezizah, and if it doesn't have one, then it's a problem. And if you have one mezizah and you don't have anything else in the house, no svurim, no svtoy, no, no anything, you know, that's fine. So coming up with your own ideas about how to serve Hashem, that's not a good thing. When a person is committed and dedicated to what the Torah tells us, the Shachnurich tells us, just Yiddishkeit, that alone, that alone is definitely something that elevates um, so much of the mundane uh, behavior and actions in a person's day in a person's life. And then there's always the more lofty intentions and more Hecher Kavunas, let's call it. But there's definitely something about Vayikach. Just don't take things... To, to your to yourself and your own interests and doing things the way you think is good and the way you want and you're deciding, you deciding know, how Hashem will want or doesn't want or what Hashem cares about or doesn't care about what's really important what's not important it's so important it's so important to just stay just just stick to the rules I call it and I, I, I get a lot of emails I mean this is something we've spoken about many times and I got get, get I get a lot of emails about this about this this concept about you know how much do you have to stick to the rules when do you stick to the rules this is so important this is not important this is about, what about this what about those people that do things differently. And, you know, I, I can just keep on talking about it and trying my best to emphasize and promote the importance of, of just being Erluch the And, uh, like we mentioned often, it's definitely the, the healthiest way of life, not a question. So let me read a question, which made it to the top of my list. And, like, so many questions, I don't even know what to do anymore, because so many questions come in with a certain... Um, time-sensitive uh, knights to them. And like I said, I probably always miss the deadline. I mean, I had a question from Makala, who's about to get married, right? Uh, I'll be addressing the other shir. And yeah, for all I know, she probably got married by now. So you have a question about a birthday? Probably passed. I, I, I spoke about a vacation recently, and I got an email afterwards that the shir was appreciated, and the vacation was already. So, you know, I definitely see these questions just as a springboard to nice topics, to helping people understand things. And, you know, s'chissarab tuli. In whoever it is that brings up a good question, a good topic, nothing to be ashamed of. And like this, people, people benefit from, from talking about these things. So I'm going to read the question that made it to the top of the list, and then I'm going to read another two questions that came in just in the last two, three weeks alone, which would have taken a lot longer to address, but being that it's all the same idea, let's um, mention here. And, I, and this is you know, a sensitive topic. Maybe I'll change a few words here and there. Um, Definitely, definitely sensitive topic, but something that no reason to avoid, and it's not going to help anyone to not discuss things that have to be discussed. So here goes, a very short question. Firstly, I'd like to thank you for all your, sh- all your weekly shiurim. I really enjoy it, and it helps a lot. Okay, you're very welcome, and thank you. I'd like to ask a personal question. My husband's birthday is coming up, and I'd like to do something special. Okay, that part is beautiful, commendable. Is it a Yiddish and Chassidish concept of intimacy? Is, is the Yiddish and Chassidish concept of intimacy only restricted to when we actually do it or is it okay to sort of play a game that involves being intimate thank you okay now that's obviously a very sensitive um, question and I, I read it the way it was written without changing any wording and you know that's just the idea the idea is um, you know how much do like I said before basically how much do we stick to the rules that we were taught or it's okay now that you know we're living and we're happy and we want to um, make each other happy and we want to do something exciting something special for a birthday and you know we, whatever anyway I think it's self understood so I'm going to read another two questions that came in much more recently and and, and then we'll discuss this idea just a, a little more thank you so much for your eye opening it's really amazing it's a really an amazing chesed that you do I listened to the class which was recently a Yiddish class Ich bin erweza der Kimmedeke vacation get wie der Friedeke Okay, for those who don't know Yiddish and didn't hear that class, it was from a woman who was nervous that the coming vacation will look like the previous vacation, in which she was asked to do things she wasn't comfortable doing, and wanted to know if she should bend from her uh, principles and, and you know, what she believed in, her values, or whatever, whatever she felt was right to do. Anyway, this topic interested me very much because I find myself in the opposite situation. I'm a wife as well, so maybe you might say that I shouldn't be the one wanting, and I probably also... I'm probably also supposed to be careful not to open up my husband to more than he asks. But really I feel that in a certain sense I've been, I've been cheated out on, cheated on in this area, and I'll explain. When I was engaged I went to a college teacher, although I knew everything about basic halokha, I also knew that the things I've been exposed to about love between husband and wife is just goyish. And even though I may want certain things, it's just usr and that's it. My college teacher taught me everything that I'm not allowed to do, a few things that I'm allowed to do, and basically let us figure out the rest. As long as I knew that things were us, I was perfectly fine not doing it. We live in a very digger and erlicher community. We don't discuss these things at all, and there was no way for me really to hear anything about this except maybe a snippet from. from parents and the likes I consider myself to be open-minded I knew that there are many that do things differently but in our circles it isn't accepted however when I heard from people sometimes from close relatives that they are more lenient because the teacher was more articulate or better suited to today's generation I felt really cheated on why shouldn't I be allowed to do this as well why should I miss out only because I didn't know if if my for goodness sake now five years into your marriage you can just start doing things a little different and I'm not going to give you a few examples that she mentions about things that, you know, maybe uh, maybe it's time to do things a little different than I was told to do or used to doing. My husband seems satisfied and happy with the way things are. Though, to be honest, we never discussed it. I don't want to be seen as Stam Abaltavanek. There was one incident when we went on vacation and there was a certain... Hmm, again, I'm not going to use the example given, but there was a certain guideline, let's say, a certain something we don't usually do. And because we were on vacation, I... Okay, I, I did uh, basically put up a fuss that this is the way we should do it, and my husband did give in because his brother said that that's what you do on vacation. Um, the brother didn't tell him any other things because thankfully they don't have such discussions. But I know that there are other things that are allowed, and it's not just because I'm imagining it, et etc. et cetera. Mm, Okay. Now, I know this may be a petty problem, but I know I'm not the only one with it. Therefore, you don't need to change any details when you read it. Um, because if you read it, because I don't know if you will be comfortable talking about this on ear, but if you do, I was really hoping you'd give some insight on this issue as you are the 1st Heimish speaker that I found who isn't afraid to touch this subject or give some warped advice. Thanks so much. Okay. Now, I, I did respond by email to this question and I got uh, interesting feedback about that. Maybe I'll mention it soon. Okay, next. I'm just reading one more question and then we're going to try to tackle the topic. First of all, I'd like to thank you for all the shirman Torah anytime. Okay, you're very welcome for that. Um, somebody told me that it's funny how all the questions start with a thank you, and it's probably only because I keep on mentioning it and appreciating it, which is fine. I mentioned this uh, recently in the Shia for Bukhrim, um, about knowing how to take a compliment, and I, I, I specifically said that you know part of my taking compliments and appreciating them is is to teach people that this is healthy and good. So, yes, you can keep them rolling in and I appreciate compliments and I think everyone does and you can practice this on other people and when somebody gives you a compliment, you should be appreciative as well. I've listened to many of your shirim and I really appreciate the way you answer questions so clearly with sending you in psychology yet always first and foremost with the halucha and the Torah perspective. I've listened to so many of the shirim on marriage, specifically those relating to intimacy. I find myself feeling quite confused. I am a woman, woman married for... X amount of years, I have a good, and bias, with a kind and a devoted husband. I have struggled with this area ever since we got married, and I'm in therapy to treat the issue, which is more of a relationship issue. Okay. And many of you, assume you re- reiterated the importance of sticking to the ways set up by Khazal in regard to frequency. and will never gain anything by doing things differently. I always have the question, is there really no exception? Will it always be better to stick to Khazal's prerequisite for me too, or perhaps in a situation of mine where there are real issues, um, is there room for exceptions I don't mean anything against halokha for example XYZ, just other things like frequency, my question really stems from the deep guilt I feel for not being able to provide for my husband the way I should, despite the fact that I know I'm trying my best I hope you could provide some insight and clarity okay, now okay, these are these are on the one hand, these are these are intense questions and they're sensitive questions and not something that you could talk about, uh, you know, in public often. And these are questions that when I talk about this, I don't put it on my phone hotline for the reason that I know that there are bukhram that, for example, that listen at any time. You know, by the time you you watching this online, you can watch anything online, and even on Tori time alone, you could issue them that are definitely only for married uh, people. So I, that's why I'm just explaining why I feel comfortable talking about this. I, and comfortable, I don't mean that I'm comfortable. Comfortable, I mean that it's important to address. Okay, not, not talking about things like this is not um, helping anyone not helping anyone and sometimes I wonder why these things aren't discussed more now obviously in the right setting with the right people you know, with the right perspective but, but not talking about things especially I say this often not talking about things that are relevant relevant in daily life relevant for every single couple relevant at, at almost any stage in marriage and just not discussing it and shoving it under the, under the carpet and the elephant in the corner and things that we don't talk about. I and mean, this is definitely not a easy way to do things. Now, of course, you have to know who to hear from and how to hear it. And everything has to be done responsibly. Now, if for whatever reason somebody feels that they should not be listening to what I have to say on this topic, then by all means, listen to someone else. But not discussing things or, not, or being ashamed to talk about something and not having who to turn to and that's why it just becomes something you deal with on your own, that, that's not a way to go. And this is something I discussed with, with you know, Erdachid and Dastair a few times already. If if the fact that these things uh, aren't discussed openly is a reason to not discuss them at all or whatever. And, and the, the guidance that I get and the guidance that you know, I believe is, is, is correct in Toyodidik is that the things, things like this have to be addressed. They just have to be addressed responsibly in the right time and with the right... Um, mindset obviously now let's, let's just start with this um, we have a Torah Chaim we have we have a Torah that's called Torah Chaim Torah Lush and Moira we have a Torah that teaches us everything and a Torah that's relevant is very relevant Torah doesn't change Torah's is time and it won't change it will never change it never changed yet so to assume that something was relevant till, say 100 years ago or 50 years ago would be uh, forget about that you know the 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 the, the involved but it, it's silly to even think so there's no reason to think that something changes. Toyota is relevant in all generations, in all, in all situations, in all marriages, in all relationships, in all anything. Toyota is relevant at home, Toyota is relevant in to vacation, Toyota is relevant anywhere. Toyota, Toyota is relevant in your kitchen, in your dining room, in your bedroom, and everywhere. And this is what Toyota is about. Now, I'm not a, I'm not a Ruv, and, and I'm not a Mechiach, I'm not a Mrs. Ugar. I think whoever's watching me online or listens to my sheep knows that. I, I'm not a Mrs. Ugar. I don't tell people what to do. And that's not my job. That's not what my sholim are about. I'm not someone who gives a mister or a or hadrocha. I that's I, just not, it's not my position. There are people that do that. I talk about relationships. I talk about shulim Being that this is a topic that has to do with shulim bias and marriage, that's why I'm addressing it. I, I'm specifically not a mechiyach, which means that even when people come to me um, one-on-one, they talk about things that you know, I, I know is not the way it should be, I got clear hadrocha to, to not um, tell that to people. I, I'm not here to give people a mister. I'm not here to comment on some things that people don't ask me. In this case, I'm getting questions. That's why I'm answering them. I'm just, I'm just trying to clarify that. So, I'm, I'm giving this my shot, you know, to, to be able to hear some some clear Torah perspective. And one of the reasons I think that some people might be easier taking it from me and not from other people like Rabunam, who is their place to talk about halacha and Ashkofa, let's call it, is because sometimes they hear things that are very sensitive and they touch upon relationship issues, things like that. And sometimes people think like. What, what does the Ruv know about relationships? What does he know about shulam bias? I don't even know if he has shulam bias himself. Hearing it from somebody who deals with shulam bias and promotes shulam bias and tries to help people have meaningful and and long lasting and strong and healthy relationships, you know, just might make it easier to digest and accept. So that's just um, that's just as an introduction. So we have a Torah Shem that touched upon everything, and like all the lechidin, know, for example, hilchas nida, hilchas there are things that are which also definitely need to be reviewed and practiced very loyally, Tadeti, right? It's not something that, oh, because of my Shun bias, I can't really, um, you, know, you know, it's very important, but, you know, it's a, we just, we, we cut some corners over there because of the bias, bias. It doesn't work like that in, in real life, in Toyota life. It doesn't help anyone. It's not healthy, and it's not an excuse. Now, just like the Toyota teaches us uh, when we need to be far, the Toyota teaches us when and how to be close. And that's what Toyota is about. Toyota is about everything. Now, there's, there's a cute saying that goes, I don't know if it's Sadiqam, like said such a thing that if people would be taking the, the ester at home, if the minute would be to take the ester in your house and eat the kazais Murr in Basmedish, then people would take an esteric that looks a little like a lemon, like a very small, cheap lemon, and they would be okay with that. And the, the kazais murar, they would take like this big uh, spoonful of horseradish, because, you know, you, that's what you're doing in public, and we'll be looking, wow, that's so cool. Yes, the, the nice, big, sharp murr you can smell it from a block away. But what happens? We take the mutter at home, and we take the esrog shield. So people are buying these big fancy esrogim with a nice shape and color, and they're taking the mutter at home. So you take a little bit, and if you that you saw achieve that this mutter is also good, even though it doesn't taste so bad, and you take just a little bit because you really don't enjoy it so much. And that's how people are. That, that's what it is. You know, pe- the things we do in public, the things that people know about. You know, we, we hear more about, we think about. You know, that's that's just how people are. So a topic like this. You know, how to do things, and it's all at home, and even at home, it's not in public at home, it's in private at home, and it's just between me and someone else. It's just why sometimes people get comfortable with, you know, I do things my way, I'm not going to ask any questions, nobody knows anyway, uh, you know, why would I hear? And, and, and on top of that, the fact that it's not discussed too much um, definitely, definitely makes it um, problematic. And, and the dissolution chazal, which I heard specifically applied to these ideas, to these uh, topics, which has kal machalisham shamayam the sise nefru mimeni baguli. Somebody's machaloshum shamayim in private, the Aybishta is is Nefru Mimani Baguli. I don't mean to scare anyone, Khazar Sudam. But there is the idea in the Gamura and the Dura, but uh Banaitashamidis, whoever knows what that means. Uh, basically which means that when people do things uh, the wrong way, there's consequences. Now even if even if we might not see it um, today and we don't see you know um, you know cause and effect like these things but, but it's there, it's there. There's definitely the idea of don't think that because you're behind closed doors you can do whatever you want. The Torah teaches us that. Nobody will know. Nobody will look at you and say, you know, he's not doing things the way he should. They might say that if they see you sitting in a, a sicker that's not osgalton, uh, or if they see you wearing a film that aren't, uh, pe- uh, aren't black enough. But over here, you know, but, but it's definitely, these are very, very sensitive and, and, and definitely uh, very important topics. Now there's, there, there is the idea, which the Torah says, and the way the Ramban explains it also is don't do, don't be a novel Don't do things that are despicable. Don't do things that are not, uh, uh, you know, Don't do things that that are not uh, appropriate for a holy nation, for a holy people. Just because you're allowed, and just because it's not te- technically uh, prohibited, you know, there's, there's definitely a way to do things that are right. And we're not talking about avoiding chazashul And there are things that are usir for those who don't know. And I'm not gonna be talking much about what it is and what it isn't. As much as the idea, there's something about being a heilige folk. And this is not a shovel machine. I'm not here again, I'm not here to give us other, I'm here to explain the idea. There's something about being doing things the way Yiddish is supposed to do things. The Irish that cut out for us how we're supposed to be living. Now, the idea of intimacy, and this is something I discussed in the Shi that's that's titled in English and in Yiddish, way back, um this the the, the sacred and the intimate, I think it's called the idea of intimacy, what you're trying to accomplish by being together, what you're trying to accomplish, how, how do you get close to one another, what are you, what are you, what's the motive, what's the goal, what, what, are, you, what, you know, what are you looking to, to, to get to? Now, when you know what that is, and you understand what love and connection and thinking about someone else means, and how to do that, it's definitely easier, it's definitely easier to accomplish what you're looking to accomplish than if you're just um, learning what the rules are. So it's, it's, all, it's very important to understand that. If you don't know what you're looking to accomplish and you have the wrong things in mind, and it's all about um, self-pleasure, and lust, and self-absorption, and it's all about what I'm getting, and, and, and it's nothing to do with relationship, and connection, and love, and understanding, you know, then definitely it's going to be a lot harder to stick to rules. But when you understand what this is about, and that's why I encourage whoever uh, wants it to understand what it's about, and to learn what it's about, it makes it easier to understand that there are rules, and they don't contradict each other at all, at all. But independent of what you're trying to accomplish, and now I'm just discussing the fact that this is a very sacred topic. It's a very specific. There's ways to do things. And before I go on, this is something I was mentioning before, why it's not spoken about. Maybe it should be spoken about, in other words, we you should learn about it. You should hear about it from the people who are knowledgeable and... and um, clear enough to, to discuss this. But what happens is people, who do you talk, you know, you, you don't hear or share about it, and you don't learn much about it, and it's not discussed, so what do you do? You talk to the person you feel most comfortable talking to about it. So you're talking to your sister, or your brother, or your sister-in-law, or your neighbor, or your chavrisa, and that's where it's a problem. That's, that's a problem. It's a very private topic. It's not meant to be spoken about. And what happens is when people start giving each other ideas, and people start talking about things when they're not competent or knowledgeable or licensed, let's call it, to have the clarity and you know how to discuss things and take things into consideration and know what's an exception to the rule and what is the rule and how to do things, that's when it becomes a problem. Chazal teaches that. The Gimurir talks about, you know, everybody knows, the evolution of everybody knows why a Kala is getting married, going under the Chippah. Everyone knows what's behind that, but the one who talks about it, Kala Manabal, is Piv, you know, that's not such a simple thing. In other words, it's not that there's secrets, we're, we're all mature adults, we, we know a lot of things, but discussing it is a problem. And a big problem. And the Gemara talks about it very, very, uh, very uh, you know, strongly. It's a big problem to discuss things that are supposed to not be spoken about. So this is something they have to understand. This is this is an important topic to understand that you know how to do things. It's an important topic to know that that, it, that it's very uh, sensitive. Now, being sacred and being uh, and, and doing things the way a holy nation is expected to do things doesn't mean that it's to be depressing. It doesn't mean that it's restricting, it doesn't mean that it's bad. And, and like I said before, if you know what you're trying to accomplish, the Toyota is just trying to give a technical layout for how and when and what is done. Now, all the other, and anything else involved, in other words, how much connection, how much pleasure and enjoyment and good feeling and happiness is there, the more the better. The more the better. Now, of course, there's ideas of, of truly the Shem Shemayim, like we started off with, and, and, and other things that are you know, definitely. Um, nice topics to discuss and make sure that they're not in any way contradicting to anything that has to do with true and bias and, and just uh, but it's not about the unavoidable sin we're doing something bad and we're doing something you know the, the Torah just, just teaching you how I want to do things and there are a lot of that compare this to how you eat you, you eat at a certain time and you don't eat at a certain time and you eat like I said with a certain broker and you know and, and all that and you can enjoy your food as a matter of fact, you should enjoy your food in this room. Talk about how you should enjoy your food and why the Irishman made all kinds of different tasting foods and the Irishman wants us to thank her for it and enjoy it and accomplish whatever you're trying to accomplish by it. The point is only that it's, 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 it's clearly defined. The Torah clearly defines things. Now, in that definition, within the structure of the Torah, then you go ahead and do whatever you want. The Torah teaches you, for example, when to eat and what not to eat. And, and you got that clear. And you made your brocha and you know what you're allowed to eat and if it's kosher and it was checked and it's whatever else, now, now you could eat you know, I won't say as much as, what you, as much as you want, but now there's flexibility. Within the structure, there's flexibility. But you have to know what the structure is. Flexibility doesn't mean that it takes away from the structure and the rules. Now, Again, I may be talking a little vague, and you know, but I think people understand what I'm saying. So let, 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 let me just discuss what I mean when I keep on saying the rules. Um, the Torah the wants something specific. The Torah wants a husband and wife to live together in a certain way. The Torah is teaching you to be intimate and close in a certain way and the Torah tells you when yes and when yes is yes and the Torah wants that it should specifically happen and if you're not doing it when you're supposed to do it or you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing it's a problem and, and it's, a, it's a severe problem as a matter of fact one of the reasons for divorce that the Torah gives is when people aren't uh, uh, being available for each other not uh, fulfilling their obligations let's call it at the same time the Torah is telling you what not and when not and it's not only a pusik in the Torah I mean the shachnurach and the poskim is very clearly defined the Torah wants it to be a specific way not the other way and yes this way so that's just something to and I'll tell you this is the only way to get it right which I'll talk about soon but the Torah wants to make sure that what's supposed to happen is happening and husband and wife both understand their obligations to make things happen and know that hey this is the rule it's supposed to happen you could skip a meal if you want but there are things you can't skip and, and specifically the way it should be and when you're doing it, what you do and how you do it. Now, there are gray areas that are not spelled out in Torah. And again, like I said, I'm not going to the details. I assume that you were taught as a Khusna or taught as a kala. And if not, then I assume you have access to a Mishnabrida in your house or a or a Marerua that you should all have. And, and it's important to know what yes and what not. And then there are the gray areas that are not specifically spelled out, which either you can get clear guidance on yes or no or understand what a gray area means. How close are you getting to the red line? How close are you getting to what is... Not the way it should be. How much is that leading you to overstep boundaries? And this is a different. A different I'm just mentioning this because the question is certainly about Yiddish and Kheedish. Um Yiddish means Torah, and Chasideh sometimes means that you know there's just a certain uh, spirit of how to, of how much and how little to to, to stick to things. But that's the idea of it till now. Again, I hope nobody feels that I'm beating around the bush. I'm trying to bring out very clear the first two points. We have a Torah, and it, it takes it, it and it uh, definitely. Um, it definitely means that it's it's teaching us how to do things, even the things that we, so to speak, are on our own about, and that there are rules. And when you look at them, and you understand them, you realize that they are there for, you know, to teach you very specifically how things are done. Now, it happens to be, and I say happens to be because it's not the point. The point of listening to the Torah is not because uh, it's good, it's good for me. The- this to the Torah and giving master, is not because you're going to become an Oysher Asher B'Shvil Shat even though over there specifically it says that you can have in mind the Kabuna because that's what Chazal is teaching us but the point of doing things Torah is not because you'll see the benefit of what it means to be a Yid it's because the Torah says so now, it happens to be that when you do things the way the Torah says it is the best and healthiest way to do things and when you do things for the right reason and you understand what you're looking to accomplish and you're looking to be emotionally connecting, and you're looking to understand someone else, and you're looking to use the opportunity, then, when you do it at the right time, in the right place, it's the best it could be. It's the best it could be. You'll be accomplishing the most, and, and the healthiest, when you do it the right way. And like I said, I'm telling you this from experience, dealing with so many people, for many years, many, you know, for relatively many years, and seeing how people keep on coming up with the same ideas and issues and problems, again and again, and it's those that are sticking to rules in a healthy way, in a healthy way that, 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 are, that are doing things best and just practically speaking this helps you avoid so many, so many conflicts of interest um, you know, just, just the fact that something is clear just the fact that something is clear just helps people imagine right, we spoke to something about a birthday Before, let me give you an example about a birthday imagine if nobody had any birthdays imagine if the Torah and interestingly the Shekhanur doesn't say you have to buy something for your husband's birthday but the Shekhanur does teach you to buy something for your wife's for the upcoming Yomta for your wife for example Imagine if there was no human Toivim and no birthdays. You have no clue when to buy a present for your wife. There was no specific anything that made it any more meaningful one day or the next. It's very confusing. You didn't buy me a present. I just did. But I want another one. How do I know? When something is clear, clearly defined, it just makes things so much simpler. I heard a professor talking about this. I, I don't think he was a Shomotar Mitzvah. in Israeli, but I'm not sure. But he was discussing how making decisions all the time is emotionally depleting. It's very hard for a person to keep on deciding things. What happens is when a person puts himself in a certain structure... It just makes certain things so much easier for him. If you have to decide every night where you want to sleep, you had no idea. Every night, every day after work, you'd have to start thinking, where do I go now? And it just becomes so difficult for a person to decide. As opposed to, I have my house. I know I go there. I don't like my house so much, but I still know I go there. And it just makes it easier for me. And he was talking about anything that a person accepts upon himself as a rule already makes it easier for him to stick to. Because it's a rule, it's a principle, I know that's how I do it, and it makes it so much easier. And I see this over here as well. And he, was talking about, and he was specifically talking about how religious Jews have a certain amount of easiness just going on in life knowing this is what we do do and this is what we don't do. Keeping Shabbos, the fact that I know I'm keeping it and I'm committed to keeping it and I just hope it shouldn't even be in a for many of us, for most of us, Mr. Hashem, it makes it so much easier. I don't have to think, should I, should I not? No, I don't, I don't do that Shabbos. I wish I live? Well, I know I only have a choice. of These few communities where I'll, where I'll have a certain uh, um, sense of Yiddishkeit or a certain structure of Yiddishkeit, there are so many things that Freyam and don't even realize. Having it set up for ourselves make it easier for us. And it just makes it less less stressful. Now, more than that, when it comes to a topic like intimacy, it's a whole different, it's a whole different level. When you are not many times to eat, the fact that you know there's breakfast, lunch, or supper for those who eat on a healthy schedule, it makes it easier because you don't have to decide when to eat, you don't have to keep on thinking, am I hungry yet? I'm not hungry, I'm still hungry, I'm not hungry. It's just decided for you. it makes it easier. But you could be flexible about it because it's all about you. So if you're a workaholic and you don't eat breakfast till, till the end of your day and then you stay up all night and gnashing and gnashing and becoming overweight, it's still okay. It's not okay, but it's still okay, it's your choice. The topic of intimacy is one of the only places where husband and wife need to understand each other only. Now, it's nice when you eat supper together and a husband wants to eat early and a wife's late and they're upset about it, I understand why it can cause hard feelings but at the end of the day, okay, you know what, you eat when you want, I'll eat when I want. It's doable. You'll both uh, become full on your, on your suppers. You know, maybe a little resentment on the side for dessert but it's okay. When it comes to a topic like this, you've got to be on the same page. Now, how often would you assume could two people be on the same page all the time, long term from when they get married, for many years to come? It's not simple. And I see this all the time. It's so easy for two people that do understand each other and they're getting along. Forget about those that don't. It's so easy for two people who do understand each other and get along to have a conflict of interests. I'm tired. I was expecting. I'm disappointed. Um, how could you? How could you disappoint me? Why don't you want me? Why don't I want you? I'm not in the mood. You are in the mood. What? Too much? Too little? It's so normal to have those kind of um, um, conflict of interests. Automatically, when there's certain rules set up for two people and they stick to it, it's just a, it just makes sense. I, I didn't even know. I didn't even know how really people could do things long term without that, and I see it all the time becoming a problem. And not always will somebody voice it as a problem. Sometimes you'll think it's not a problem, and inside there's resentment going on and and, all, and things like that. It just makes it so much simpler, and that's maybe that's part of you know all, all, the, all the Torah wanted. And it's just it's also a certain amount of consistency that rules give you that Torah wants there should be. You know the, the famous story joke Mushal or whatever it is about somebody who. Um, he, he, he lent uh, somebody a spoon a silver spoon the guy gave back two he said hey what happened he said the spoon had a baby right it's, uh, it's, it says in the swoon this about, about uh, the spoon had a baby oh the spoon had a baby ok he took the, the double spoon uh, next day he borrowed from something else um, and he got again he bought a, a cipher he gave bought a, a whatever it may, and he got back two he said what happened now he said it had a baby wow so we're to lend this person something keep on getting back double um and then one day the person asked you to borrow a lachter, a silver lachter. Sure, a silver lachter. Oh, this is a good investment. Now he gave us a silver lachter. Come back a few days later. Okay, who's my lachter? And he already came with two big baskets to take it home And I said, Oh, it died. What do you mean, died? The silver lachter dies? He said, Well, if a spoon can have a baby, then a lachter could die. And that's what happens. Right? It's not just about the the idea of baltayzef and baltigra. That's what happens when you do things on your own and you decide on your own to one day have three meals and one day five meals, one day seven meals, and one day just to eat for more tonight. You could still decide one day to not eat at all. I mean, if, if, if I could do more, I could do less, right? And that's what happens sometimes when it comes to these areas. If you're not consistent, even when you think it's, it's good and, and helpful and beneficial and enjoyable, and everyone's going to appreciate more and more and more, or maybe now and that, but what, happens, what ends up happening is you're not sticking to a structure. And it, it tends to work against people. And let me, just, let me just go to the other side of the story. Sometimes people feel like the shroom bias is no good because they're sticking to rules or because I can't have what I want or because uh, we were doing things in the structure and I don't want it to be that way. It's not that way. I can tell you clearly from experience I've talked to so many people who've been there and done it and tried it and wanted it and got bad advice from people that weren't ehrlich and discussed it with the wrong people. It doesn't help. Quote me on this. It does not help. I saw so many people be misguided and I saw so many people just experiment on their own it does not help I mean it's simple and I don't have to prove it but if not having rules when it comes to intimate life would be helpful then just one of those statistics again anyone who's not having a Toyota life should be happier they should have an easy quick fix to any problem in marriage it doesn't help the people that are not doing things Toyota are more miserable in marriage not less People question that uh, statement, but I I definitely believe it to be true. Aside from whatever lack of respect or anything else um, that could come about between a husband and wife when they're not sticking to a certain um, (inaudible) Torah Dike guideline. So, again, there is the proper attitude to intimacy. It's not only about rules. It's not only about rules. Rules are the technical part, the halukha part, about when yes and when not and how... And, 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 what, and everything around that everything around that. But, but the attitude and the feeling and the connection and the motive and the intention that, that's not the rules necessarily there are rules about that as well but that's not really the rules so there's definitely a lot to learn about how to have a very meaningful and productive experience when husband and wife are together but it does not have anything to do with doing things other than what the Torah says now the Torah is not only about routine let's talk a minute about exceptions to the rules the Torah is not only about routine. The Torah is not only about, there's how you do it, and there's no and I'm not, I'm not a machine, what, what can I do? No, the Torah also understands that people aren't machines. As a matter of fact, one of the reasons why it's given for the you know, time of the crew, why, why this thing is, why the Abish made Maid, the the Khosr and the Mikv and the whole, is also because the Torah understood that you're not a machine. So there are things that have to happen in a certain sequence, that there's ups and downs and things that, you know, but, but, but even, even that also has exceptions. When somebody's traveling, someone be away from home, the Torah took that into consideration, the halucha, you are the okay, one is more halucha than the other, but, the, you know, the, the, it's all understood that there are exceptions to the rule, and the exceptions, in most cases, have also a very torah guideline about how to go about an exception. So, you know, again, because of the sensitivity of the topic, exceptions to these rules and because of the subjectivity of the topic what people are very you know, um, subjective about it, it's important to understand how to go about dealing with an exception an exception to the rule means that you get clear guidance from somebody if what you're dealing with really is an exception or not and how to deal with the exception and, and how not to deal with it and until when it, this, this is all part of it you don't want to decide in your own that you yeah, I'm very tired but you know here's an exception or I was told that this, or I heard somebody say there's an exception that's not the way to deal with something sensitive now exceptions to the rule might include or not limited to if going by the rules somehow seemed to work against you and it made it very hard for you to be an heir Well, I don't personally believe that's really the case ever but you know, if you feel that's the case discuss it with someone. Or if any kind of mental, emotional, physical health issues come up and you feel that you can't do things the way the Torah wants you can discuss it with someone. The Torah, the Torah understands ideas of Oynes of, of and, and you know things like that. There are definitely exceptions. And circumstance either because you're in a certain place or a certain situation or a certain whatever, the Toyota understands these things deal with them responsibly don't deal with them irresponsibly and don't and, but, 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 but understanding the rule and knowing what the exception to the rule just puts things to perspective I'm not in the mood today um, it's not what I want it's not what I like um, and, and all those kind of attitudes that, that's, not, that's not a Toyota way to do things I'm not, I'm not in the mood you know? there are exceptions about eating milk and inflation as well for those who don't know Right? if you're a shesh Baskuna, for example well you could ask Yeruv how to deal with that but if you're, not in the, if you're in the mood of a coffee and you had shoes now or you're not in the mood it's, not, it's just not how it works it's not how it works so that's very very important it's, that's first of all second of all when somebody feels I'm just mentioning this because I'm not in the mood first of all even if you're not in the mood of something do it for your own benefit like I said before you don't want your lack of mood to affect you uh, when someone else is not in the mood or to affect your relationship in general you don't want to work against you so if you're not in the mood, do things the way they should be done anyway. First of all. Second of all, for all those who, and I don't mean anyone specifically, it's certainly not any of these uh, uh, letter writers over here, for whoever feels that I'm not in the mood, it's important to remember it's not all about you. You understand that? This is relationship. This is marriage. This is the fundamental and the most sensitive part of me and you, and let's understand how to give and take and be together. I'm not in the mood. I and mean, you're somebody who's that selfish self absorb that when it comes to something that's this interconnected and this you know, uh, sensitive of all about us, and is only taking themselves into consideration, it's, it's a big problem, and I've seen people, I'm using the words I'm not in the movie, but I know that people use other kind of fancy words that I don't want to talk about, and it's just not, it's not a way to address something this sensitive and this um, connecting, and this relevant to two people, so that's definitely something, now one more thing I want to mention about, about the word exceptions is that if for whatever reason you're dealing with an exception or dealing with an exception situation and even if you decided on your own that you're dealing with an exception or for whatever reason it doesn't work for you or for whatever reason you can't stick to the rules or you feel you can't or you feel that too bad I'm not interested don't share that with anyone. Like I said this topic is not going to be discussed with other people. I want to heard this from Bashem. I'll say who it was, it was a common crone from Lakewood and he said something about people that decide on their own different things about birth control, he said worse than deciding on your own how to go about something as sensitive as that is telling other telling it to other people. It's one thing if you decide on your own that you want to eat milk as a flesh. But if you tell other people about it and say, you know, I found a, a hetter and the svurim that after three hours of uh, after flash it's really okay. And anyway the milk is not real milk and it was pasteurized and so much. when you say these things to other people and you bring it down in the eyes of other people, you're making things more problematic. So the fact that you can't control yourself whatever reason, something doesn't work for you, and I, don't mean, I don't mean it as an, ex, as an excuse. I mean to say, you decided that it doesn't work for you. Okay, so why are you discussing this with your sister-in-law? Why are you showing off about it? Why are you giving other people ideas? They're doing what they were taught to do. That's wonderful. Let them have a very loving and meaningful relationship in a totally go way. So that's definitely something to, to know about um, uh, exceptions. So maybe this was a little long and still a little vague and, and maybe people wanted to hear something more clear than that. But let me just go to the bottom line. If you're doing things right, okay, this I'm talking to one question specifically, if you're doing things right, be proud of it. If your husband's doing things right, be proud of it. If you're not doing things right, don't be so proud of it. Okay. There's a way to do things. And if you want to know if because a birthday is coming up you want to do things that are, you know, doesn't sound so straight, then, then ask Aruv if it's really okay. And ask him. Ask him. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't be ashamed. It's a shallah. Like any. But chances are that you might start realizing that there's a way to do things and there's a way not to do things and it's very specifically it's very clearly spelled out actually for those who don't know so if you're not doing things right it might be worthwhile to just get on a healthier track not just because you have to but because it might help you in many areas of your relationship and very often if husband and wife are listening to this together or brave enough to discuss it together and you know what, what are we doing what should we be doing you know, may, maybe, maybe we can have as healthy or a much healthier relationship together by just doing what's, what, what's right and, and, so, and, and sometimes people decide on the wrong where the rules are and they don't want to know I'll never forget, I was a kid, and I saw a newspaper, a Yiddish newspaper, but definitely had interesting ideas that weren't so torah And they had a question-answer column with somebody who was officially giving Torah guidance. And the question went like this, and I know that person was, who am I to say, but not seemingly qualified to give true Torah guidance. And one week the question was, why don't we make Allah gayfin after Abdullah? Why don't we make al after Abdullah? Make Abdullah, you drink a cup of wine, and it'll make al, and it'll make al- Now, um, the answer to that question, for those who don't know, before I go on, is that you do make al after Abdullah. You have to make a bracha whenever you eat anything that has a shir. And, and you're supposed to be drink- drinking a shir. So, I mean, to just give it, a, to, to say it as a given, um, why don't we make is a problem. And and the person answering the question went on to a whole rant about why, why, why Abdullah is different. Sometimes people decide in their own what the rule is, and then they try to back it up with either whatever proof, or whatever interesting ideas they came up with and it's just it's ridiculous we have a Torah for these things it's all spelled out it's not me This is spelled out um, another example I, I, I probably once mentioned this in the past once or two people discussing Paisach morning um, one of them was saying that you know, Hashem, he was able to get his of Paisach matzahs. he makes and he, you know, he was happy he was proud of it and the other person says something like Erev Paisach is just not the time to bake matzahs. I know it's a nice Indian, but, you know, to bake matzahs, Erev Paisach, I mean, it's so busy, and how can you be careful with the chomets, and how could people be... I I would never touch an Erev Paisach matzah. And the other person let him talk and finish off, and he was actually a roo, and he said, and and, and after listening to this person's whole rant about why Erev Paisach matzahs are no good, he said, you know, if not the fact that the Sheikh says differently than what you just said, that would be a very good uh, argument. And it just it, it, it went into my mind like so often people say things that make a lot of sense, but the fact that the shachanut says things differently, it just you know takes away your whole argument. And all of a sudden you start understanding this is the way to do things. That's it. The Torah took away. And I and I'm saying it again as dealing with people's marriages and shulam bias for quite a while. I never ever saw a situation that either was better by doing things differently than the Torah says, or would have become better, or was okay if not or, or suffered from doing the right I never saw that and if there was a problem going on when people were listening to the rules then there's other things that could be done definitely but not, but not to think that you know, doing things differently than you were taught or you know, so basically to answer the three questions yes being intimate is sacred and not meant for games and there's a time and place for it definitely um, doing things the right way is something commendable not something to feel you cheated on and weren't, uh, you weren't taught about and other people are doing things differently and they had a better color teacher that told them you can do whatever you want I, I don't believe in that. And diminishing frequency is definitely a violation of aloha, for those who don't know. So to say I'm doing things toyridik, but I'm just not available as often as I should be, is definitely not toyridik. And if you ever have to deal with an exception, deal with it. Discuss it with somebody. Deal with it the away way. I mean, ayab Doing things toyridik will get us to a place of ish ishri zuchi, shchinashriyib and